Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. John chapter 18, verses 7 through 14. There's a long-running TV show called Cops, which was an early reality show that's actually still on at the time that this podcast is being recorded. Cops features camera crews rolling with real-life cops and taping real-live arrests. Now, since boring arrests tend to make for boring television, only the most dramatic, violent, and noteworthy arrests make it to air, which unfortunately gives us a bit of a skewed view of what a real-life arrest must look like. Because of shows like Cops, we picture running and fighting, restraints, jumping fences, pinning the suspect to the ground, throwing him against the car. I'm sure that happens sometimes, but when we talk about arresting a criminal, there's a certain picture associated with it that we get from TV. That stereotype could not be more in contrast with how Jesus gets arrested. Today's verses are part two of Jesus' arrest, which began in last Friday's verses. Every gospel includes the same basic elements of this arrest story, but every gospel also comes at it from a slightly different angle, as they often do with various stories throughout. The author John emphasizes what he so often emphasizes, that God is fully in control of everything happening. In Friday's verses, the mob that came to arrest Jesus fell back when they were confronted with his majesty. In today's verses, we see that that temporary awe has not lasted. But it also needs to be noted that they are not really taking Jesus in. He is offering himself to them. And because of his love and his care for his disciples, he bargains with the crowd to let them go free by freely offering himself. It's a tiny snapshot of what the whole next three days are really going to be about. Jesus putting himself on the line for the sake of the people that he loves. No one is allowed to be harmed because Jesus has said so. That's enough for Jesus' disciples, it's enough for us as well. If Jesus says so, that is enough. Peter, always enthusiastic, responds with violence. Jesus responds to this with a rebuke. John doesn't unpack the reason as much as Matthew's gospel does. In Matthew's version of events, Jesus adds the line, He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. For his entire ministry, Jesus has been preaching and modeling a message of peace, loving your enemies, turning the other cheek, nonviolent at every turn. It's interesting that the first and only time that a Christ follower engages in violence in the Gospels, they receive a stern rebuke from Jesus. When it comes to pacifism, it would seem that Jesus taught it, lived it, and expected his followers to do the same. Having corrected the violence, and as Luke's gospel tells us, healing the man's ear, Jesus goes peacefully with his captors. 
The soldiers came expecting an uprising, but Jesus was not leading an uprising, and he quickly diffused one that might have started with Peter. He knows where he is going, and he is ready. His heavenly Father has brought him to this place, and will bring him through it, and will bring him out the other side. The Father has even been at work in the unbelieving Caiaphas, the high priest, revealing to him that one man needs to die for the sake of the Jewish people. They thought they were saving Israel from Rome's wrath by offering up Jesus as a rebellious peasant leader, but in fact they were playing right into the will of Almighty God. Jesus was going to die for all the people, but in a much greater way than they possibly imagined. Today, take some time to think of a time in your life when you thought God was up to something, but he was actually doing something else, something completely different that you only understood in retrospect when you looked back later. What was the most important thing you learned in that whole process?